Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co-host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. This is Sam Stern speaking, joined as always by my co-host, Diana. Hi, everyone. And this week, we are joined by our colleague, TJ Kitt. Welcome back, TJ. Thank you for having me. And TJ, uh, you are the resident expert on the CX team on uh, all topics technology. If we think about the broader <laughs> Forrester uh, um, sort of basket of coverage areas, we look to you to help us translate what they mean for, for CX. So we wanted to have you on this week to talk about some of your upcoming research, but really to talk about um, technology and how to uh, use it to deliver better customer experiences inside an organization. Sure. Um, and so, you know, for, from the perspective of customer experience, we think of technology as important, um, but we're, we're talking about digital all the time, and, and that's technology. So, so what are we missing here for, for other types of technology and their importance to customer experience? Right. So, I mean, I think it's a matter of, as you talk about, it's a matter of perspective. So the, the issue often is, well, yeah, we're going out and we're going to build this neat mobile app, and yep. we're, we're going to go out and we're going to create this spectacular web presence that's going to pull in all sorts of data, and it's going to make us smarter about our customers because we're going to be able to track all of the neat and wonderful things that they're going to do when they interact with us. That sounds great. It does. <laughs> uh, but like everything else in this world, the devil is usually in the details. Mm-hmm. And what usually becomes an issue for companies is linking together technology in a way that allows for them to create these more nimble, flexible, post-PC, use your buzzword or buzz <laughs> phrase of the day, um, experience for their, 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 their customers. So if I use an example, the Financial Times actually had an interesting article a few weeks ago about banking mobile apps. Mm. Uh, now, if you know anything about all these neat mobile apps, it's things that allow you to, to do everything from check your balance to deposit a check. Right. And while that's all well and good, what is often missing in that conversation is actually how back-end banking systems work. It doesn't just happen all magically right it, from the app? It really doesn't. <laughs> as far as I know, it does. But, uh. As far as you know, it does. As far as the company or the bank knows, that's actually jury-rigging together a system that is meant to really handle batch processes that come from the bank teller window. So you come in, you deposit your check, and at the end of every banking day, they go back and they reconcile the <laughs> records. Well, if you're going to move to a system in which your customers are consistently and continuously depositing checks or doing all these other transactions in a mobile or a uh, web-friendly world, you're going to have to have a back-end system that actually is able to live in that reality. And so what a lot of financial services institutions are bumping into is the fact that their systems aren't nimble, aren't agile enough to actually keep pace with the solutions that they're trying to drive toward for their customers. So what hmm. kind of technology platforms should they be looking at to allow for this more agile and nimble set of customer experiences? So I think my bias, and I'll call it my bias, um, and I think that where a lot of the industry is, is moving toward is to look for 
more cloud-based solutions. Um, if you look at a lot of the new nimble companies that have come of age in all sectors, so, you know, Sam, you talk a lot about pure insurance, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak a lot about companies like Dropbox or Box. Uh, all of these born-in-the-cloud type companies, they don't have a legacy of a lot of internal infrastructure that right. they built themselves over time. So in order to kickstart their companies, they really needed to embrace solutions that didn't require them making a lot of upfront investment. As a byproduct of that, they actually were able to tap into technology ecosystems that were far more flexible than what they were going to be able to create on their own, on their own premises. And so if you look at a pure insurance, and I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Sam, um, as one of their mechanisms for reaching out to their customer base, which is this high net worth individual, what they're using is technology from Salesforce.com, Salesforce mm-hmm. Chatter, as a mechanism for providing those individuals a portal uh, to keep pace or keep track of their interactions with and gain information from Pure Insurance. It's not something that Pure had to build, and it's able to take advantage of a lot of the back-end technologies that Pure is already using from Salesforce, such as the customer record that exists inside of Salesforce.com. If you think about a company trying to cobble that sort of thing together on their own, you're going to have to reconcile your CRM system with your social technology, the server infrastructure that underlies it. And then you're going to have to be able to deliver that to whatever device that your customer wants to to interact with you on, be it the mobile experience, be it the uh, PC experience, and so on. And that scale, you know, that ability to scale up and scale down while maintaining some sort of of consistency across those interactions and experiences is really where I think a lot of these cloud services are providing a leg up for companies that are new, but also could potentially provide a leg up for those companies that are already established in the, in the space. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I mean, that example, and I don't mean that you're, you're trying to make this point, but the, the, the worry I'd have is then you're saying, well, we have to be in this Salesforce walled garden with sure. all of their pieces. Right. I mean, is there any sort of flexibility or any examples you've seen where it works to say, right. we're going to use Salesforce is our CRM, but we're going to use Yammer and not Chatter, and we'll, we'll have integration through some other uh, right. form or fashion. And I think that's also kind of the other you know, kind of interesting thing that we're noting here in this cloud environment. Um, what you're seeing a lot of is what I like to refer to as composed or composite experiences mm-hmm. um, you know, in, this envir- in, in these cloud environments. So let's take, for example, Uber. Mm-hmm. Um, so Uber would not exist if it weren't for the combined efforts of eBay, Google, and all of the mobile device platforms that they sit on top of, mm-hmm. as well as, as, as back-end um, rented infrastructure as a service. And that's because you're, you're piecing together from a user experience perspective um, their secret sauce, which is their interface, but that's paired with um, the Google mapping technology, which is going to provide locations for both the driver and for the, the rider, and then a payment system, which is provided to them by, by eBay um, or a subsidiary of eBay. So that's, you know, or actually it's PayPal. Um, I guess so PayPal spun off from eBay, so I guess that's right. Um, so if you look at those kind of things together, you know, that, that kind of speaks to we're not necessarily just going to look to one thing to create these experiences. If you look at kind of another example, um, you know, Netflix. Netflix runs on Amazon Web Services as just its infrastructure. But a lot of its, you know, kind of a lot of what they build themselves are, are things that can be perhaps abstracted away from just the, the Amazon experience. So obviously they're going to be able to deliver to different devices. Those things aren't pent up in some third-party's cloud 
Cloud or some vendor's cloud. Those are things that are um, native to your PlayStation, native to your Samsung smart TV, native to your Samsung phone or iPhone or whatever. Um, so, you I mean, I think that's kind of what you're seeing in this world is that there's actually a great degree of flexibility in where you grab resources, not just in, you know, kind of what the resources are themselves and, and how flexible they individually are in being able to help you create these experiences. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, no, that, and, and, and I think that makes sense that it's not just you have to have everything works perfectly together, but you have to be mindful about which pieces you're pulling right. together and integrating so that you have that flexibility. Right. The kind of the work together part of it, you know, is indeed your responsibility. But what I think is interesting in this environment is that the vendors themselves are mindful about this whole idea of, of working together. Hmm. Um, and I that, guess, yeah, with Netflix yeah. Uh, using Amazon Web Services and they're providing that service as they're competing with Netflix in, in a different exactly. part of their business, right? Exactly. But, you know, kind of above and beyond that, I think we talk about it in other areas of Forrester that maybe the, the listeners of this podcast don't access on a regular basis. But, you know, our colleagues in AppDev um, talk a lot about this idea of an API economy, um, mm-hmm. you know, this ability to string together um, a set of services through application um, programming interfaces that allow for information to be shared between different systems. Um, you know, so the the marketplace that you see spring up around Salesforce.com is really, you know, kind of the uh, a great example of this, you know, kind of API economy in which you've got vendors like, um, uh, let's see, um, DocuSign that are able to create for their customers the ability to take content that's stored in a salesforce.com document repository, distribute that content to a, a, a customer, so say a contract, have that client digitally sign that contract and complete the loop on that workflow. Mm-hmm. That's taking a part of a service you know, from DocuSign, some capabilities from salesforce.com and creating an experience that's probably perhaps more seamless for yeah. that customer, mm-hmm. perhaps on the mobile device, perhaps in the PC. But mindful, you know, are, are kind of mindful on the part of the, both of those vendors that working together is actually going to make something that's useful both for the business customer that they have and that business customer's end customer indeed. So if a company does choose to use these cloud services, mm-hmm. um, does that guarantee that they're going to deliver more nimble customer experiences? Is it? Uh, no, no. <laughs> nice, nice Check softball the box there. and done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, no, I mean, I think the issue oftentimes is the expectation that going in this direction will automatically result in this great benefit to the organization. The way that I've talked about it and some of the things that I've written is that it this goes hand in hand with um, some organizational changes. Uh, for example... Uh, there's a concept that our colleague Craig LeClaire talks about uh, when he talks about business agility, that, and it's this concept of digital psychology. And what he means by that is an organization's true understanding of what is unique about these environments and what you can do because these environments are unique. So, uh, you know, just as an example... Um, no management consultant or digital agency would have recommended to their client that they create Airbnb. Um, <laughs> you're going to flout regulations. So, you know, if you're one of these, you know, big 
six or big four um, auditing and consultancy sorts of firms, you're going to say you can't flout these sorts of laws. Um, you know, if you're if you're looking at things like um, you know just the infrastructure, you're going to say you're going to need X amount. You know, there's so many sunk costs that you have around just building the physical locations for hospitality. Airbnb's innovation was to basically say. There are people who have rooms to rent in their homes. There's not a way for them to do this on a mass scale. Maybe if we can figure out a way of making it easier for people to locate excess capacity in people's homes, um, irrespective of where they're looking for um, or they're, they're kind of where they're starting this search, then you know we're perhaps on to something. Um, and so I think that that having that digital psychology, saying you know, kind of looking at a mobile device and looking at a cloud service and you know, kind of divining what is perhaps unique and different, is a skill. It's a talent that many established organizations don't necessarily have, and, and not because, and not for lack of trying, but because of you know kind of their inherent um, you know issues related to their legacy and so on. Um, so I mean, there's there there are those sorts of transformations that I think are are necessary for organizations to undergo, um, you know, in order to really ta- start taking advantage of these services. The ability to ask um, what's possible. Um, and then the ability to provide their employees the latitude to begin creating hmm. those sorts of solutions, finding the workforce that's able to carry those things out, mm-hmm. arming them with the the tools and the access to information, to expertise, to affect those things, and then removing their own internal speed bumps you know, to these sorts of innovations. Things like five-year plans, you know, things, <laughs> things like... Um, you know, a hesitancy to really be part of this information sharing with partners um, and, and things of, of that nature that have really bogged down and slowed down companies around innovation. We're talking here about, you know, um, cloud companies, sort of new companies that have grown up in this world. And your related report is called Four Things Smart Cloud Companies Know About Customer Experience, which I think implies you can really learn from these companies. Yes. I'm just wondering, though, you know, you, you talked about Airbnb and how a big six consulting firm would never have recommended that business model and how it's hard for existing companies sure. to take on that business model. Is there any example of a company, a sort of, you know, uh, established company that, that has or at least started to take on that digital psychology we're talking about? Yes, I mean, I think there are there are a number of examples out there. The one that I've um, referred to several times in some of my research is, is the weather company. Mm. Um you know, so you would think of the weather company, you think of the weather channel. Um, right. But if you pay any attention to the cable industry, which I think Harley talked about <laughs> at length during our customer experience forum, what you know is that aside from all the cord cutting, there's actually a lot of tension between those companies that provide the channels and the cable companies. There's a lot of arguing about contracts and so on. And so the, the, the conversation becomes for a company like the weather company, what other streams mm-hmm. can we tap into to ensure that we're able to do the things that that we're able to deliver the information that is vital to many people to those individuals if they're not all going to be sitting before a TV on a regular basis? And so their transformation really has been taking a step back and saying, well, what exactly is it that we do? Uh, yeah. you know, we're not a TV station. And we're an information company. Mm-hmm. You know, we provide data about what's going on in the atmosphere. Oftentimes, life-saving information. If we're talking about inclement weather, 
And so the, the question for them becomes, how do we take this data, analyze it, and then provide those insights to people over a range of media? Mm-hmm. So mobile devices, uh, perhaps wearables in the future, hmm. PCs, um, you know, looking into, and then also kind of not forgetting their roots on that um, on that television side, and so you know they're they're taking advantage of a lot of cloud services, and one of the reasons why they're doing no that, pun intended, <laughs> indeed, um, one of the uh, the things that their uh, chief information and technology officer you know kind of conveyed was. Look, you know, we're using these services uh, because it's allowing us to do a lot more experimentation. Mm. Uh, The cost of setting up the infrastructure necessary to take a flyer on an idea uh, is negligible because they're not our servers. They're they're rented servers in someone else's data center. So I think the the direct phrase was, you know, we're able – we're increasing our chances of hitting a home run because we're taking more at-bats. And I think – you know, if you look at it from that perspective, you know, they're, they're willing to take on ideas like, hey, maybe there's an opportunity for us here to, to pair our data with shoppers' data about the things that they buy during different times of the year and perhaps start drawing for retailers some correlations between weather patterns and uh, things that consumers buy so that maybe, you know, your spring sale becomes something completely different based on your understanding of what people buy at certain times of the year. What I love about that example is it points to what's the, the potential sort of advantage for some established firms. The Weather Channel has this incredible brand around right. providing weather data and information. They can, if they can reduce the constraints and sort of the sort of you know narrow mindset of word cable channel, right. so that they're taking all these risks and trying out all these new platforms, people are much more likely to go find the Weather Channel's app. Right. in a mobile phone than some new weather app that they've never heard of because they already trust and know the brand. Right. And so it's it's a marrying of recognition and, you know, having built a trusted brand by delivering good experiences in one medium with the openness to experimentation and uh, innovation using different platforms. Exactly. And it all comes back to, it all comes from this place of understanding what did it, what your value is at yeah, your core. That's uh, great. And I think that's, you know, if, if we re- go back to the report that you referred to, I mean, I think that is one of the central messages from all of these companies is that they have a strong sense of who they are and they don't wander outside of those lanes. They find the core problem that they're solving and then they continuously solve it. Um, you know, so if you're Netflix, which is an example we've used, you continuously solve the problem of renting a movie without incurring a late fee. You start with a <laughs> mail order service. And then you realize that there's probably a better way of doing that. And so you start streaming content. And then you realize that you need, in order to stream content, you need actually a pipeline of content to stream. So you start making your own content. But it's all in the service of this idea that we're going to continuously solve the problem of how do you rent a movie without incurring a late fee. Right. Okay. Well, thank you, TJ, for joining us again. And um, the report that we were uh, referencing uh, throughout this conversation is called Four Things Smart Cloud Companies Know About Customer Experience, out now on Forrester.com. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at S-S-T-E-R-N at Forrester.com. 
And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.